passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Welcome to Rewind to Raw. I'm John Pollock. He is Wei Ting. Together, we are going to talk about tonight's episode of Raw. Hello, Wei. Hey, John. How are you doing? I am doing well. This is, I was about to say, one of the last times we're going to speak this year. But we are, we have a number of shows coming up over the next couple of days. So I'll get plenty of final words with you in 2020. This year is far from over. We still got several days to go. We actually do, yeah. Uh, it's it's a pretty busy week here. So in the next, what is it, uh, remaining four days in the season, like we actually still have a few. So yeah, we'll go over all of the schedule coming up this week. There's quite a quite a lot of stuff uh, coming up. But off the top, Wayne, I wanted to talk a little bit about what we addressed at the beginning of the Christmas show. That is our man Neil's great poem. I mean, that was just a thing of beauty, was it not? It was excellent. Yes. Uh, well, what can what can be said? Really, honestly, uh, the whole thing was great. But maybe that was the biggest surprise for me because I had heard the rest, but I had not heard Neil's intro. Well, it was uh, fantastic. If you have not heard it, please go back and set aside five hours and forty minutes to go check out the Christmas show. But after Neil's brilliant poem of "Twas the Night Before Postmas." Uh, we talked about some of the changes that are coming to the Post Wrestling Cafe in 2021. We're going to be adjusting some of the uh, minor changes. All all good. We are adding on. We are not taking away. Uh, we will still have our four distinct tiers, which are the one milk, one sugar tier at $6 US per month. We have our double-double tier, which uh, we will go over some of the additions there, and then the ice cap and espresso tier. And this is all at postwrestlingcafe.com. And this really is the, uh, what, what keeps post wrestling going. We are very fortunate that we have a lot of patrons out there and that allows us to put out a lot of free content as well because of listeners that are supporting the site. And that is our brief spiel about, uh, the whole post wrestling cafe and way. Why don't you go into some of the things we had been talking about and that we're going to be implementing over the next couple of weeks. Sure. So starting with the one milk, one sugar tier, which is $6 a month, you again, as John said, you get access to a minimum of two exclusive bonus shows each week. Those include Rewind to Smackdown, which is a weekly Smackdown review, of course. Uh, Rewind Away, which is our bi-weekly retro wrestling review. Our New Japan reviews for every major event, including, of course, Wrestle Kingdom coming up next week, both nights. 
uh, and, and as well, usually all the monthly, you know, major pay-per-views will do New Japan reviews of exclusively on the Post Wrestling Cafe. And that, of course, also includes the G1. Our post-movie reviews, Rocky Five will continue next month as well. And then who knows, maybe a few uh, of these Disney Plus reviews I might throw in there at some point too. So, uh, yeah, we shall see. Ask Away, Total Recall, new show ideas popping up here and there. And the Archive... 400 bonus podcasts exist in there right now, John. Not just, oh my goodness. Not including these ones that we do for free every single week, just the bonus shows. We have about 400 bonus shows. So if you uh, just sign up for $6 a month, you have access to all of that. In addition to that, every Friday, Rewind to SmackDown, live streams, those continue weekly. We pop on Friday every week after SmackDown, live on Zoom uh, with a bunch of patrons, everybody just talking, not even just about SmackDown, but about all the wrestling news. That exists in the week. We'll take your calls. Uh, the chat is always a lot of fun. So uh, you have weekly access to that if you're a Post Wrestling Cafe patron at One Milk, One Sugar. Uh, as well, proud to announce a new show I'll be hosting with licensed therapist Jordan Goodman. Uh, it is a show that'll be called The Wellness Policy. This will probably take place sometime in the third week of January next month. But it's it's a show I'm really excited to do with Jordan. Not necessarily wrestling focus, although Jordan does have a background working with Ring of Honor. So uh, he is a perfect candidate for me to do a show like this. We'll be talking a bit about mental health, a bit about career and culture, along with a bunch of other post-wrestling cafe patrons. So uh of course, you also have access to the post wrestling forum feedback section. So all the feedback you hear at the end of this show, Rewind to Dynamite, Rewind to SmackDown, Rewind Away, all these other shows uh, exclusively come for our patrons in that section of the forum. Add free access to the forum, a special role within the post wrestling discord. And you can also receive exclusive patron sales at the post wrestling store which I will start sending out monthly. So uh, that that's all for $6 a month, our most packed tier, our most popular tier, the one milk, one sugar tier. If you are gracious enough to double your patronage at $12 a month, you get all the rewards from the one milk, one sugar tier. In addition to that, we are now going to be doing live streams starting in January for this show, Rewind to Raw, Wednesdays, Rewind to Dynamite, and continued access to live streams of our posts, wrestling pay-per-view post shows so after every raw after every dynamite and after every pay-per-view in addition to after every smackdown you basically have live access to to john me and john talking about these shows right after these pay-per-views go off the air uh right after these shows go go off the air so you can um call in you can chat in the chat room same as you would for smackdown except you have access to everyone plus a handwritten postcard delivered to you anywhere in the world from me and john as well our next tier up is the ice cap tier at $25 a month. Those include everything from the previous two tiers, one milk, one sugar, and double double. But you also get our various merch delivered to you from to anywhere in the world. Uh, this includes a brand new exclusive post wrestling logo pin, a handwritten postcard, of course, coasters, coffee sleeves, vinyl stickers, and an exclusive audio cassette for 2021 where John and I interview one another. He interviews me on one side. I interview him on another. Uh, it is not to be heard anywhere else except for this cassette. So you will get that at some point in 2021. And monthly shout-outs on Ask Guys, let's, let's not bury the lead here. This is the first ever waiting shoot interview. Oh, the shoot interview. Yes, waiting shoots and John Pollock shoots. So that's all in the ice cap tier. Uh, and also our final tier, of course, is the Espresso Executive Producer tier. This is 
currently sold out, but it is for $50 a month. You have access to everything in the previous tiers, but also as executive producer, you can choose any show you would like for an edition of Rewind Away. You get to appear on the show to talk about your thoughts on the show, why you chose it, and we will thank you uh, after every edition of Rewind Away as well. This is currently, again, uh, sold out. So if you'd like to get on a waiting list, just send me a message somewhere and I will let you know when there is a spot available. And that's it. Uh, yeah, just really, you know, not so many changes, but more so upgrades to a lot of the tiers. And uh, again, as John said, I want to thank everybody for um, our making uh, giving us a very successful third year. Yes, thank you to all of you uh, that have supported us along the way or Jumping on now in whatever way uh, you have shown your support. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming up for uh, Cafe Patrons uh, starting Tuesday night. We're going to be live with our best of show, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Braden and Davey will join Way and I. We're going to go through all of our best of picks. You can go look at the categories up on the forum now. If you want to submit your picks, that's cool. And we'll also, since we're doing it live, take some calls at the end. If you want to chime in on some of the best moments of the year, uh, maybe... Some categories of your own that you dreamt up or highlights you want to point to for 2020. So it is all positivity on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern as we, as we go through a year that uh, had a lot of negatives to it. We will we will find the positive from 2020. And then, uh, yes, other shows coming up this week. We have got Rewinded Dynamite and Up Next coming your way on Wednesday. On Thursday... Uh, We will be putting out the best of show free for everybody. So if you're a patron, you'll get it live and available to download Tuesday night Uh, for everybody else. It will be dropping on Thursday. Friday is New Year's. So Wei and I are going to be celebrating 2021 by not talking to each other, but that will only be delayed until Saturday. We will put out an edition of Rewind to SmackDown, uh, much like last week with Christmas. It's not going to be a live edition. We'll get back to our live SmackDowns next Friday, uh, but Rewind to SmackDown will be put out on Saturday for patrons. And then Sunday, maybe the most interesting show that will be coming out of the post-wrestling network, a Kenny Omega roundtable career retrospective led by Martin Bushby. And what a all-star panel. That is joining him. Will Cooling, J.P. Houlihan, uh, Sonal Ladd, who was just on the Bushby and Thompson wrestling experience, uh, Rich Fan from Pro Wrestling Torch, and W.H. Park to chat about Kenny Omega. So what a show this is going to be on Sunday. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to hear maybe some of the contrasting opinions of Kenny Omega. And I feel like I know who will be providing the contrasting opinion. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, okay? Listen here about Kenny, okay? Kenny, the Ken doll. All right. Well, I, I look forward to hearing that. Oh, and I, I, I skipped over that on yeah, Thursday. I, Thursday is the no, Wrestle Kingdom it's, it's, 15 it, primer. It's Friday. Oh, my gosh. So this I want, I actually wanted to correct you. We will be talking to each other on Friday, along with WH Park. This will be on Friday right. for the Wrestle Kingdom 15 primer. You know, um... <laughs> Uh, we we've done previews and primers in the past. I wanted to bring them back just to, uh, you know, I feel like Wrestle Kingdom is a good jumping on point for a lot of people. If you have perhaps friends and, and family who uh, were interested in, in in New Japan but haven't been able to jump on for whatever reason, this might be a good time. We're going to try to position this one a little bit more kind of like you know new viewer friendly for everybody. So it's one, uh, it's a show I'm looking forward to. It'll be free and it'll be available Friday, January the first. 
Yes, that's with myself, Wayne, and WH. So look out for that on Friday. So yes, Wayne and I will ring in the new year together on Friday. Okay, all of that info is up at postwrestling.com as, all, as well as all the latest news. A great news update today uh, from Andrew Thompson with a, a really wonderful tribute for Brody Lee. And that is, you know, of course, the biggest story uh, in the industry way people are continuing uh, to mourn his passing, uh, which came down on Saturday night. Uh, many people devastated, just such an outpouring of uh, memories and tributes for Brody Lee across the industry, something that I don't know if we've ever seen at, at this level in this social media age. Uh, it just seems like um, everybody just sharing such amazing memories of this person. Yeah, honestly, like when I think back, I think back to like, you know, I have to think back to somebody like Eddie's death as like some something that really like rocked everybody so hard again you know the 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 idea that it's somebody who is a very active wrestler and somebody who uh anybody in the current scene has a pretty close you know uh relationship with uh, and it's so widespread in this like like both wwe aew like this is a guy that toured all over the indies dragon gate you know, going to dragon gate you know coming up with that chikara crew like he shared locker rooms with just like this whole generation mm-hmm. and in just such a um, popular individual uh, among all these people. So I think it's just, it's hit everybody that we see on TV. Like they had, it just seems like everyone had a story about John Huber. Completely. And so, you know, the, the, the various kind of like messages kept pouring in, uh, seeing the various social media channels of both companies, you know, putting stuff up there about Luke Harper or Brody Lee, of course, uh, being the elite was, I guess if you can call it preempted this week in, in lieu of a Brody Lee tribute show, just talking a lot about his highlights with unmasked members of the Dark Order talking about their memories over the past six months, filming those segments with him. Um, just a- I thought they handled it wonderful on being the elite. Like that was, it was both heartbreaking to watch, but also like really fun to watch all, all of the, like you had both of those conflicting emotions watching it, but I thought they, I thought it was like a really nice way to handle that show. Oh, I think so as well. I mean, <laughs> it, like yeah, the scenes are just great. Like they're just so great. Yeah. And see, and watching one after the other, like it was like the most. Like it's been such a downer for two days, mm-hmm. and it was like a nice bit of levity to watch this. While at the same time, it's like you're watching it with you know the the, the knowledge that this guy has passed away. But I, I just to to rewatch some of those, like they were just. Great, it was, especially like the 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 line, like where it would be John Silver breaking. Are you crying? Are you crying? <laughs> like it was just, I, I loved it. I loved watching they, it. They were videos of the guy genuinely having fun, like at work, and it, I mean, it felt like you were watching home videos of the guy. You know, like he felt genuinely felt like he was having fun with friends, playing this character and doing these skits. So uh, that was that's highly recommended. I mean, of course. Uh, various matches that people have been posting up of, of, of Brody Lee or Luke Harper's that, that have been their favorites. Uh, the, you know, just, uh, yeah, it, again, it's a time to really celebrate the man's work. So Tony Khan tonight put out an update for this week's show that I think everyone knew would be, you know, very much a Brody Lee tribute, but what ways would they go about that? He announced that this Wednesday on Dynamite will celebrate the life of John Huber with a show including tributes and a special card of matches dedicated to the Exalted One. This night is intended to honor John, but also this is for Amanda and their sons Brody and Nolan. 
So what they're doing is that they're taking the two-week New Year's Smash specials and they're moving them back a week. So those will start uh, next week and follow up January 13th, including the Kenny Omega-Ray Phoenix match. So that will not be happening this week. The matches that they've put together, it's going to involve members of Dark Order in all the matches. And the first one that they announced would be Cody Orange Cassidy and Preston Vance, 10. And the reason for this pairing is that those were, those are the three favorite wrestlers of John Huber's son, Brody. Oh, interesting. Okay. I like that content. That's, that's awesome. That's great. Yes. So they, they explain that, you know, they have a history where 10 was part of the nightmare family and left for the dark order. But because of this special set of circumstances, Cody and 10 will team together along with orange Cassidy against team Taz, the young bucks and Colt Cabana against Matt Hardy and private party hangman page, John silver and Alex Reynolds against MJF Santana and Ortiz, Anna J and Ty Conti versus Britt Baker and Penelope Ford, and then Lance Archer, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson against Eddie Kingston, The Butcher, and The Blade. Uh, I think this is going to be an incredibly emotional two hours to watch, but I'm also really glad that these performers have this outlet to do this because I'm sure all of them really want to have that kind of release and, and do this kind of show on Wednesday. I think it's like very healthy, the fact that they can go out and perform for this guy. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's as much, you know, for, for the talent zone kind of like, I, I don't know, the, their way of being able to deal with all of this as, as it is for maybe even the family. But like, I, I think it's a great gesture and, and this is, you know, unfortunately um, this presents the first time that we are going to see how AEW will be handling, you know, the, 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 the passing of, a, of an active roster member. Um, uh, unfortunately in wrestling, like we've, we've we've had to see t- way too many tribute shows but um yeah we shall see um what they do on wednesday i'll, I'll definitely be interested and tony khan ended by saying i haven't slept much recently i have a lot of responsibilities across my different roles but this was the hardest week i've ever experienced i'll miss john very much i worked all night on a tribute show to honor him the response from amanda and from fans made me cry thank you so that is the update for dynamite this week um as we Move along here. Not too many news items. One thing I wanted to uh, just uh, bring up here is that uh, the WWE Network, they have announced their 30-day countdown to the Royal Rumble of content that they're going to be putting up on the network. Uh, They're going to do a Broken Skull Sessions with Steve Austin interviewing Bailey. That'll be on Sunday, January the 10th. A new episode of Untold uh, about AJ Styles' Royal Rumble debut, which I think could be very interesting about all the maneuverings of him you know leaving new japan and the fact that we know there was a tna offer on the table and then he ends up going to wwe um you know and these untold shows have been pretty good in the past so that should be an interesting subject to tackle hopefully they get that deep into it and i think they will like it's it's not like they have to explicitly say oh i was talking to kato and such and such like like there there's enough that they can dance around to give you a satisfying answer in the buildup to all of this. I mean, it essentially is about AJ Styles debut in the WWE. And I love how like these untolds, they just kind of like navigate a lot of stories that haven't really been covered before. Maybe like, you know, in, in one, one answer interviews during an interview, but maybe not for the whole half hour. So I'm, I'm definitely curious to see what they can do. 
what else do we have? Um, there's going to be on Jan- on Sunday, January 24th, a Pat Patterson documentary, as well as a new chronicle on Bianca Belair. And then uh, Wednesday, January 27th, a roundtable covering the first Women's Royal Rumble from 2018. And Friday, January 29th, they're doing a new day of. It's the day of Royal Rumble 2014. And for those, like, if you go back, the more interesting subject would be the day of the night after on Raw, which is the one where Punk ends up walking out in Cleveland. Interesting. Okay, what else happened on that Rumble? That Like, th- literally, you go back to that 2014 Royal Rumble, it's the year that they totally botched the Rumble because they don't put Daniel Bryan in it, and Ray gets booed coming out at the end. Punk goes, th- like, he's in that thing forever, and that's like that was like the subject that came up in the lawsuit about, um, you know, Doctor Amen being ringside, which I do not think they will be delving into. I don't I do not expect Doctor Amen to be a talking head on this thing. Like I don't even know what you've it, it's it's like what it's you're covering the, on this. Like it's such Bryan. a CM Punk, it's such a CM Punk heavy, uh, forty eight hours that period. I I guess, but you focus on what Daniel Bryan and how like this was a. Total disaster of a Royal Rumble. I think it's all the Daniel Bryan stuff. You know, Rey Mysterio, of course, is there. Uh, Batista's. This is Batista's comeback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they still have much of the roster members to be to be able to do a show like this, of course. But it really feels like Daniel Bryan's story heading to the Rumble this year will be related to how. Uh, I think he's so. never yeah. won the Rumble, and you know, of course, like when people think about Daniel Bryan in the Rumble, they think about this particular one and how much the audience wanted him to win. And they all, he ultimately didn't. So to be able to get Ray's take on it, I think would be really interesting. So I imagine that would be the bulk of the drama here. I don't expect that much about TM Punk. No, probably not. But it's it's just funny that they picked this. But you're right. Like the the Brian uh, involvement there where he had that great match with Bray Wyatt on that show and then doesn't come back for the Rumble. And then uh, the the night of the Rumble, right after that, they'll debut that new Icon series profiling Yokozuna in the first episode so quite a lot of stuff hmm. they're dropping in the next month on the wwe network see the last what, was any of this announced on this show tonight wait this is on the website what, what more do you need <laughs> like what the hell dude like the those some of those things sound really good and got no promotion of it i guess it's it's too far out that they don't care well, it's uh, you'll figure it out. You'll you'll find it. You'll everyone's gonna be listening to our show. I guess they figured, and they'll they'll get the information here. Of course, yeah. The last thing here, I got these uh, <laughs> I got these odds sent to me from Bet Online, and way I wanted to ask you, who do you think are the odds-on favorites today to win the men's Royal Rumble? You can you can put down money. Okay, pick. Yeah. Okay, odds so just on guess. Favorites. And this is like it's open season. This is for the men's Rumble. Men's Rumble. Okay, I'm going to say uh, how many do you want me to give? Just like three, maybe. Sure. I'm gonna say top three: Biggie, Daniel Bryan. I'm trying to think who else? Who else would face either one of them at Mania? Biggie is one of them. Um, don't see it being Sheamus. Uh, maybe Goldberg. Goldberg's another. It's a, It's actually three to one odds. Uh, tied or Biggie, Edge, and Goldberg. Uh, five to one odds for Brock Lesnar, followed by Keith Lee, AJ Styles. But then, as you go down here, you get into like the, the wacky uh, ones here. Twelve to one odds for The Rock, twenty-two to one for CM Punk to win it. Uh, 
where was it? <laughs> 50 to 1, Conor McGregor, a week after his Dustin Poirier fight. Uh, Tyson Fury, 50 to 1 as well. Uh, 250 to 1, Vince McMahon. Wow, Conor McGregor ahead of Vince McMahon, okay. Yep, they have him ahead. <laughs> Women's Rumble, the odds-on favorite right now is Bianca Belair, followed by Rhea Ripley, Alexa Bliss, and 7-1 to one odds, Ronda Rousey. All right. Yeah, I wonder where, where these are, some of these are coming from. Uh, maybe they know things we don't. Um, I mean, this is just an outside, like, betting site. So there you go. So what, anybody right. can just suggest anything? I mean, they, they they create the lines and they put it out there, and yeah, then who's they creating see, well, what these action? Con- who's creating this Conor McGregor line here? The the site I mean, based on out, what they, knowledge? Yeah, they're just uh, that's just, just a throwing. guess. They're just coming up with what? What are people going to take a flyer on? It's like, oh, maybe Conor will show up. I'll I'll throw down a <laughs> hundred bucks. Idiotic. This is gambling, why? This is say Conor McGregor actually has better odds than Rey Mysterio of winning the Rumble this year. So wow. I don't know what that says. All right, uh, postwrestling.com is where you can go for all of your news. Tonight's episode of Raw started off with a graphic for John Huber and then Tom Phillips opening up the show. Happy holidays! It's Monday, and you know what that means. And there were definitely tributes for Brody Lee. John Huber in the show. Uh, we got them from Xavier Woods. Uh, Alexa Bliss uh, worked something into her promo. And then this off the top. Uh, what did you think about the WWE's, uh, like, we didn't have a video package. Were you expecting more? Did you think that it was, um, was this what you expected? A graphic off the top for Luke, the former Luke Harper? It, it was it was about what I expected. Um, again, uh not an active roster member, um, and the most I think I would have expected would would have been some sort of video package if they decided to go that route. But I I didn't necessarily you know think that they I I I I think this was what I expected. What about you? I thought that this guy was so like he worked here for like eight years. You know what I mean? It's and he was just so beloved by this this roster that is mourning this guy's passing. That I I thought that this would be one where I, I wasn't thinking of any kind of a you know promotional divide in the in you know um, re- remembering him. So I was expecting maybe like a video package uh, on the show throughout. I saw some people um, wrestlers who were you know upset that there wasn't more on the show tonight, and I totally understand that. Um, so I guess it's it's where you come from. Like you can't say uh, you're you're surprised or not. I was glad that some of the performers were able to work in some tributes, but you know this was one where I, I just think for the the roster itself, um, you know, it just seems like everybody was impacted by this. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. WWE. They like their their tributes. It's like they they range, and when you're not on the roster, it's. I was glad at least that they had the graphic. There could have been more, but it is what it is. They announced off the top that Keith Lee will be taking on Sheamus, and the winner will face Drew McIntyre next week for the title. So Drew McIntyre comes out and gives his own. It's Monday, and you know what that means. So it's the final Raw of 2020. He recaps his year, the fans being behind him. He was once the chosen one by the powers that be, but this time the fans chose him. 
and he's going to defend the title at Legends Night. So he mentions Seamus, and out he comes, which Drew notes. You say their name, and they appear. He promised not to put a finger on Keith Lee last week, but after the match ended, Keith was fair game. You've known me for 15 years, and Drew wants to have a match with Seamus, knowing how physical it will be. Keith is out next. Drew vouched for this friend, and there is now zero trust from Keith Lee because Drew's word is as good as Seamus's and warns Drew that Seamus might stab you in the back. And Seamus is very upset at this accusation. So Drew calls upon the referee and Seamus nails him with a cheap shot with the brogue kick prior to the match beginning. So this is our number one contenders match to set up the challenger for next week as we got the, the roll call of challengers to come out and cut their promos with Drew. Continuation of last week of you know Seamus trying or sorry uh, Drew trying to play peacekeeper amongst his two best friends in the in the locker room um and it was it was okay you know it's it's um it's it's it it always maybe feels a little bit oversimplistic I suppose of um just uh, people who can't get along but uh, but it's it's wrestling it should be somewhat simple it it was fine. Maybe that should be the slogan for ma- many weeks, Way. It's wrestling. It should be simple. Some weeks, sure. Yeah. Keith Lee versus Sheamus. Drew was on commentary. Uh, Keith Lee is still selling the brogue kick, and Sheamus would go after the shoulder. Uh, this includes Sheamus hitting a flying clothesline to the floor before they went to the commercial. This was quite the ambitious spot to set up the commercial break by Sheamus. Afterwards, Sheamus leaped off the turnbuckle and was caught with a pounce, and... Keith ran off the ropes and he just like took Seamus down. It was like he fell on top of Seamus like he was like a safe that just fell over and crushed the man underneath him. Seamus then takes out the knee, hits a white noise for a two count. They're trading strikes. And then Keith Lee summons Grizzly Magnum and hits the spirit bomb for the victory in 12 minutes and 55 seconds. And the square off with Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre occurs on the floor. Drew versus Keith Lee next week. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was a good match. You know, again, Sheamus, I think is proving that he's mixing in really well with this crop of agile heavyweights. There's just, I feel like there's really been something different about him, you know, since this, this raw reappearance, he's got a very physical style with the, no dull moments in, at all in here with Keith Lee. And I enjoyed both men's performances here. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was all right. It was, uh, you know, I, th- I I still find like Keith Lee in some of these scenarios where it's just like heavy selling. I don't think he's really quite there yet. It's I think he's just still finding like even the changes from NXT to WWE. I still think he's going through those adjustments. Um, but, you know, it's I, I'm with you on Sheamus. Like he's. He's working very hard during during this stretch, and I think that you know they are they're teasing a lot for him in the future, and I think everyone expects him to get involved in some form or fashion next week, and maybe next week is the big angle with Sheamus either inadvertently costing uh, Drew or doing something, not losing the title, but doing something that gets in Drew's way. Yeah, Elias is in the locker room with Jackson Riker. There's a knock on the door, but they ignore it. So Elias continues playing his music and Jackson is in a trance listening to this, um, these, these wonderful notes. Yes. The, the Jackson Riker character is still pretty interesting to me. He apparently is somebody who 
was lost until he heard the music of Elias. And so he is, you know, basically he's a big Elias fan. So this is how they show him really listening and being a fan of Elias's music, sitting in a room, <laughs> just like staring blankly into the distance. Uh, this is how he jams out. This is how he like really gets into it. I guess that's the character. I was very confused later during the match of uh, where everybody was was slotted, but we'll get to that. The Miz versus Grand Metalik. When when Masquerade Dorada signed with WWE and everyone was listing their dream matches, th- this one was this one was up there. Yeah. Um, what a pairing! I don't know. I, I it's it's a match. Lindsay Dorado and Metalik made fun of the Miz's acting career and noted it's lucha time. Metalik got several pin attempts, and the idea is that Miz is so distraught over the loss of his Money in the Bank briefcase that he can't focus. And there's a head scissors that sends Miz to the floor, and then Metalik hits a moonsault off the top to the floor. Miz then drops Metalik with a boot in the ring, and he's yelling, I'm Mr. Money in the Bank, and Metalik performs his Big comeback, culminating with a sunset roll-up, and he catches the Miz in 323. Miz is devastated, and Grand Metalik scores maybe his biggest win since the Cruiserweight Classic. Yes. Uh, oh, when he went to the finals, I guess? Uh, Ended up losing? Yeah, to Perkins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, really... He's an afterthought in, in all of this. It, it really was done, I guess, more so to tell you Miz's state of mind. The fact that he is so distraught that he couldn't even beat Grand Metalik here. So, um, I, I'm i not sure. Do you think they follow up with this now that Miz is the, t- uh, what is it, briefcase back? Wouldn't you think if you were just uh, dishing out the briefcase that you know, wouldn't wouldn't Grand Metalik have a claim to it now? Like, does this or or does all of Miz's losses kind of negate wins and losses with any kind of? He uh, he's lost like every week since holding that briefcase. So I don't think so. <laughs> I guess we could have a whole tournament of all the people that have beat the Miz. Drew McIntyre would about would have about thirty five seeds in the tournament. Yes. Well, what we are watching is the death of the Money in the Bank. Back to Elias and Jackson Riker. They're still knocking. They knocked for the whole match. It's almost an AJ Styles. And this whole time, AJ's been on the phone with management, which presumably would be in this building. I think face-to-face meeting might be in order. And he can't hear because of the music. So he tells Elias, you're not Johnny Cash. You're Johnny Trash. (laughs) Elias says... AJ doesn't have too many chances left at the WWE title because you're old. And this leads to a challenge and the challenge is accepted. And we're going to get Elias versus AJ Styles. Yeah. Yeah. The other dream match. Just tonight. Let's get all the combinations you never thought you didn't want to see in (laughs) 2020. Let's get them all out tonight. Up next, Dana Brooke and Shayna Baszler. Right at the beginning, it almost seemed on the first leg kick that Dana Brooke, like 20% tried to check this leg kick, but then Shayna followed and just walloped the leg. I didn't notice. Well, she missed the elbow stomp on Dana, 
and then bends and snaps the arm on the apron. Mind you, Dana Brooke is out there with Mandy Rose. Shayna Baszler is out there solo. So the announcers state that Mandy Rose is staying at bay because Brooke would get disqualified. So right there, we are setting the template tonight, folks, that if someone in your corner touches you, that's a disqualification. Let's remember that. Dana attacks with one arm. She gets swung and the Kirifuda clutch is applied on the floor and Dana is just left there and Mandy gets sent into the apron. She misses a stomp on the steps and then gets drilled into the apron by Dana, who has come back with her one arm. The Kirifuda clutch gets stopped. She hits a spinning neckbreaker, gets a two count, and then Dana gets blasted with a knee uh, after missing a splash off the top. And finally, Shayna gets the Kirifuda clutch in four minutes and 20 seconds. Baszler then chokes out Mandy Rose and lays these two out, not even needing Nia here. These two are just left laying in the ring as Shayna Baszler is done and departs. Yeah, I'm not really sure um, like what this was supposed to achieve other than to make Shayna Baszler look like a badass, which is great. But it seems like she's going for the, the tag titles. And so you'd figure that this would be some something related to uh, her and Nia rather than just Shayna beating up both of them. But maybe they just wanted to promote each individually as, as badasses. I'll say, you know, it was at least really nice to see Shayna's, Shayna in a singles match again, uh, doing her style. Lots of joint manipulation, lots of chokes. She was booked to look very dominant, and I think she looked great. Um, it was another chance to see, you know, where Dana Brooke was, is currently at. Her execution, like, appears to be really fast. Everything she does is, like, you know, seems like it's been really well rehearsed, and she's going at it, like, with, with a lot of, like, you know... Um, I guess, like, I don't know, smoothness in, in parts. But then there are also parts where I felt like she was going a little bit too fast. And that that's maybe in particular with the pinfalls, where she'll go for a pinfall. And even before a two count is up, she'll release them to move on to the next spot. And I'm not a wrestler, so I can't really criticize too much. But it, it just took me out of it, uh, at least some of those near falls. You can see, like, like, Dana tries really hard. And you can see, like, improvements with her. Uh, she's just one of like many examples where I think if she had had, you know, the past year of house shows, I think that would have been greatly to her benefit. Um, but I mean, this is the reality of you get one match a week. It's very hard to make those uh, improvements. Like you can see the disparity, but also that, you know, you, you can see that she is, I, I think definitely made improvements. There's a ways to go. And I think getting kind of that, that smoothness down that that just takes time it takes experience it can take years um i i was just kind of thrown by the booking at the end of this i mean it just is you lay the two out it's it's one on two i just thought it made these two very inconsequential by the end of this segment and i didn't even get the sense where necessarily like why do we even need to do a tag match uh with who with Nia Jacks involved it was like there was it was like one on two. They Shayna already, was fine. They already here. beat them last week, didn't they? Or did they beat um, Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans? Who did they beat last week? Last week it was uh, Nia and Shayna beating Mandy and Dana. You're right. So yeah. the tag match already happened this week. We eliminated Nia Jax and Shayna. <laughs> still did fight. So maybe it'll be Shayna in a blindfold match against these two next week. You got to stack the handicaps. Yeah. They promoted that, uh, or last week on Alexa's playground that. Things got heated at TLC, and 
perhaps he is waiting for Legends Night because he would love to meet his hero, Hulk Hogan. He is taking his vitamins and saying his prayers, but doesn't know who he prays to. So Alexa then calls out Randy Orton, who never comes out. The Firefly Funhouse graphic appears, and Randy is in the Funhouse and starts destroying it, tossing the puppets around. He doesn't think the Fiend is coming back, but if he does come back, he'll have nothing left but Alexa before he rips the head off of Ramblin' Rabbit, and then Alexa challenges Randy Orton for later tonight, and Randy assumes that this is when he returns, so he accepts. So Randy, I always love the heels that are outsmarting everyone here, where he knows this is a setup, but I am willingly walking into this setup. Of course, what we would get would be far from that. Um, But this was our new interview segment, from a moment of bliss to Alexa's playground that looked right out of Pet Cemetery or something. Well, first, who is the heel here? Wade, that was the theme of tonight's show. Uh, The heel is, I guess, well, we're supposed to believe the fiend is the baby face. We're supposed to be uh, rooting for the, because of that great stand-up comedy he did a few weeks ago. And everyone was, he was tearing the house down. I don't know if that was a a baby face thing. That was designed to be a baby face segment. I feel like um, Randy setting the fiend on fire like only made made you want to cheer for him. Like, he, where did what was going on in Scarborough when you grew up? Well, uh, it wasn't anything like this. No one was setting you know people on fire. I don't think so. I but. I remember um, th- this didn't make the final draft of uh, Luthez's uh, Hooker, but one of the chapters that um, was left on the editing room floor was baby faces don't attempt murder. And that was going back to back to the forties. That was a staple in pro wrestling. Attempted yeah, murderers are not baby faces. Yeah, but this is a ghost, you know, this is a, the fiend who's not even really a, 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 a alive. It's like the fiend is, is sort of an undead entity and you're allowed to burn ghosts. You're allowed to burn spirits. That's a baby face thing. Ghosts are baby faces. Okay. What? Um, so, no, so, no, no, no. Burning ghosts is a baby oh, Burning ghosts is a baby face action. So you believe Randy Orton is, is the baby face here? That's what it seems like to me. Okay. <laughs> if we can't come to an easy agreement on this, it's not working. Charlie spoke with Charlotte Flair, who reminds us that it was Nia Jax that injured her arm and took her out for six months. And she has asked what her New Year's resolutions are. To climb to the top and stay there. And then Oscar popped up. Yes. So now they they remind us that Naya, like uh, this this would have been really great last week, wouldn't it? This is the big culmination. This is the big match tonight. Yes. No, I meant like just just the video clip of like Naya taking Charlotte out from six months ago. Well, yes. I mean, it was kind of the whole basis for Charlotte to be this mystery partner was this whole angle, uh, which they've. They've almost, I mean, kind of like even on on the Sunday on the pay per view to show us this, right after she comes out, be like, oh, oh they really me. downplayed it. Like the only reference was like Charlotte pointed to Nia, like I'm coming for you, just like you came for me six months ago. Well, SmackDown this week they advertise Big E versus King Corbin, and Roman Reigns enters the new year 
as champion. All right. So that's it. That's what we've got for SmackDown so far. We'll see if anything else is announced. Um, but they yeah. are back to being uh, live this week. Cool. AJ Styles versus Elias. Now, Way, it's my turn. Who's the heel? Well, okay, they're both heels in this case. Um, yeah. And uh, this, the point of this was... Uh, mm, I, I didn't know what the point of this was. Other than it was very scary that we got, well, 14 minutes of Elias. I, I don't know if we need a 14-minute Elias match in the best of times. Yeah, I can't really tell you like who was supposed to... I mean, maybe it was just a match for the sake of a match. Styles came off the ropes, and this was one part of the match where these two were just on totally different pages. It seemed that... AJ was going to go for a DDT and Elias was expecting something else. So it was just clumsy exchange and styles just like drop kicked him. And then we went to the floor. Jackson Riker ran to attack AJ, but he just totally gets scared off by almost. So the big muscle man is frightened by the bigger muscle man. Yes, everybody's scared of Omos. He's bigger <laughs> than everybody. So this, uh, we go back to AJ firing up. He does this great babyface comeback, screams to the non-existent fans, and then hits an Ushiguroshi, uh, which was defined by its, uh, its technical term. Ooh, knee right to the back. AJ pops off the shoulders, gets hit with drift away for a near fall, then a TKO by Elias. AJ kicks out of that before he comes back with the phenomenal forearm in 14 minutes. And the best part of this was cutting away to Omos, who yells, that's what I'm talking about. That's the fighting spirit. Yeah, so we, over the weeks, we've seen Omos evolve from somebody who just walked out with AJ, was not even named, to somebody who now has the name, but didn't speak, to now somebody who is straight up like AJ Styles kind of like cheerleader or coach yelling, you know, things like, come on, AJ, that's what I'm talking about. Let's go. So it's uh, the, the, the evolution of this character continues. Yes. I, I didn't know what the whole point of this was, but it was more and more. It just seems like almost is becoming the focus of these segments. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It seems like it's, he, he's the long-term project. And, um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what, what sort of the end, end goal with, with this was, whether or not we'll see some sort of continuation between Jackson Riker or Elias with AJ and Omos. Um, but I think as a match, it was, it, it, it wasn't perfect, but I thought it was still maybe one of the better Elias matches I've seen. AJ was very good in this. They got, they got some good near falls in this, uh, near, near the end, um, other than that kind of uh, spot at the beginning of this, um, just a just a very odd match. It just seemed like a weird pairing just to, I think, as you said, just do a match this week. Then we heard from Ricochet, a very somber Ricochet on Raw Talk last week, that he can't be a step over. And maybe I have to try something different. So after going 0-3 against the members of Retribution, it's time to take on the leader, Mustafa Ali. Byron Saxton notes, this is the match that could change it all for Ricochet. 
Ollie cuts a promo. He says, Ricochet is the one that needs to change. One man can't change everything. Think with your mind and not your heart. Accept us as allies or you will have a future full of suffering. The referee is distracted as T-Bar and Mace drive Ricochet into the barricade. And then Ollie hits a splash to the floor. This looked nuts. Crazy. Yeah. Ricochet fights back. He does a backflip, lands behind Ali, and hits a release German, hits an inside-out lariat, and then the Benadriller, which is now known as the kickback. Yeah, because, come on, we can't have a drug reference. (laughs) This new name, I think, was given literally three seconds of thought. (laughs) What what are we going to call this? We can't call it the Benadriller. What's he doing? He's... He's kicking backwards. He's kicked back. It's the kick back. Kick back. Why not? Well, what the hell is a super kick? Kick front. <laughs> kick forward. Ollie then gets pulled to safety by Mace. This is fair game. The match True. just continues. He's totally saved from this pinning predicament from the kick back. And the ref just watches this. Uh, um, did he, did he pull him from a specific angle? (laughs) He was under, the the, the angle was underneath uh, Ricochet (laughs) where his shoulders were on the canvas. That was the angle he was coming from. Can you pull somebody from the outside, but not pull him from, like, you can't get in the ring and pull him, pull him. He broke up a cover. Oh, he he jumped into the ring and broke the cover? Like he was get Ali was getting pinned. He grabbed his legs and pulled him to the floor, thus right. ending the pinning sequence. Okay, okay. Well, back to the Shayna Baszler Dana Brooke spot. I mean, Dana was on the apron. Shayna was on the outside, so there was really no way of Mandy pulling the whatever limb from Dana from the outside. She had to go inside the ring to pull her. Maybe that would have constituted a DQ. Well, no, the announcers in that one, they explained Mandy did not touch Shayna, who was about yeah. to break her partner's arm, and they explained if she put her hands on Shayna, it's over. Right. Oh, and here you're saying, yeah, because they pulled, Mace pulled Ricochet? You know what? Maybe Mace has this power that when he gets involved, the referee has a reaction like he's been sprayed with Mace. No, they didn't mention that. No, but I'm maybe it was implied. So all of Retribution get on the apron and surround Ricochet. And then Ricochet proceeded to have maybe like the best 45 seconds of his year. And I'm not talking about the duration of his title match with Brock Lesnar. He hit this crazy flying DDT to T-bar off the apron to the floor. Then comes off the steps uh, with a drop kick to slap or slapjack comes off the steps and gets caught with the drop kick. Ollie is hit with the John Woo drop kick on the apron, then a spinning DDT to Mace on the floor. This was amazing. It was a it was an incredible burst. Yeah. And then he hits a shooting star press. Ollie gets the knees up and puts this dude in the Koji clutch, and he submits in eleven minutes and fifty seconds. I was like, oh my god! After this awesome sequence, and then boom, he he loses, but. Great penultimate moment for Ricochet before he had his latest loss. Oh, and four now to Retribution. Yeah, the idea is that he's nearly won every single match except for the what is it, the four on one advantage, five on one advantage at times. 
uh, resulting in his loss. So I think the ending had to be him losing to Ali in order to get get this line out of him. Um, and what a line it was. Ali offers him a chance. He says, for a new beginning. And Ricochet says, you give me a 30-day no-compete, I'll be glad to go to new beginning. He says, I will not join Retribution. And the stadium erupted in cheers. (laughs) Confetti came Uh... out of the Thunderdome. Everyone (laughs) chanted, yes, 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 Ricochet, Ricochet. And he put his arms up and said, I will never join Retribution. Oh, my God. Uh... I will not dude we did this when we were like seven years old in school not i love like the fact that this dude loses four matches four weeks in a row (laughs) and his big triumphant moment is him saying he will not join retribution he wins yeah you you won the war everybody hey dude we were just uh, just reacting to this line. He then hits the recoil, and then he runs. They, he runs away from them. God, this sucks. This is such a bad story. It's so bad. I mean, I understand maybe, you know, like, going forward, you're you're probably going to get Ricochet uh, beating each member individually, I hope. <laughs> what what, what uh, faith? Wait, you know. have you show so much faith. Because <laughs> this can't possibly be the end of this storyline. You think this is it? Ugh. It should be. Yeah, I I mean I I'll say like it's just at no point do I want to cheer for this dude Ricochet. You know? He's got like, no Like just friends. remember, he did this whole run around losing to the hurt business. And then yeah. he just decided, you know what? This is beyond my pay grade. Let's settle on retribution. Let's go let's go to like medium difficulty. And he's run the table with these four now. So I'm imagining that Akira Tozawa is in his sights. Oh, <laughs> I will not join the ninjas. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> not. Charlie's with Naya. She's joining the Royal Rumble. One of her resolutions is to win the Rumble and go to WrestleMania. Shayna likes this idea too. So both are in the women's Rumble. Yes. I can see them starting the Rumble together, maybe. Sure. Why not? Maybe not. Drew's interviewed. He's happy for Keith. On your best day, you can beat anyone except me. Charlotte Flair versus Nia Jax. They explained that the reason for Nia's attack on Charlotte was because of jealousy and envy. And she doled out three months of recovery for each trait. Wow, that's really, really a good foresight into your attack. Yeah, jealousy and envy. Jax attacks the shoulder. Asuka's on the floor dealing with Baszler. She takes a spinning back fist. Naya, this was amazing. Naya ran at Charlotte from behind, and Charlotte, like, had eyes in the back of her head. She sidestepped. 
without seeing Naya, and ran into the steps. And this was like three stooges at its finest. She looked so goofy, missing Charlotte, who wasn't even looking at her, and then tumbling into the steps. I thought this was like the best. I just rewound and watched this. It was great. Uh, there's a sit-out powerbomb by Naya for a two-count. Then Jax misses in the corner. Baszler and Oscar fighting on the floor. And then the figure eight gets applied. Shayna runs in, applies the Kirifuda clutch. No mace to be found. DQ is called at 10.54. I threw my rule book out the window, and Asuka ran them off. I have no explanation for that. Um, you know, it's rest discretion. Uh have any playoffs began? Are there playoff rules in, in effect? That certain it's always, points, did it's playoff always rules start playoffs. later in the show, maybe? It's the main roster. It's always the playoffs. I think, uh, every, again, every every ref can maybe play by by their own rule book. They, they, they see what they see. What can I say? The Hurt Business bullied uh, their latest victim who was on his phone, and then he fell down. Angel Garza was in front of a... Uh, Matt Garza, newspaper headline, formerly of the Tampa Bay Rays. Charlie reconnects with Angel Garza and asks about his first year on Raw. He said, well, I can summarize it by two distinct accomplishments. Teaming with Andrade and Debbie Burnett. Demi Burnett. Mm -hmm. That was his first year on Raw. He said yeah. next week he might introduce himself to one of the legendary ladies. Oh, yes, yes. Who do we got next week? We've got the All-American, Tori Wilson, as she has been identified. Uh, Mickey James, they're advertising. Alicia Fox. I think Candace Michelle's in there. Is she? I think so. I think. She's in <laughs> one of those, it's like the quick flashes of who's going to be there next week. Um... I don't know. Who knows? And Charlie asks, who's the rose for? And before he can answer, R-Truth and the 24-7 guys all run in. The rose gets destroyed. And with this battered rose, he hands it over to Charlie. Yeah. So he is like he is being now actually promoted as sort of like the loser who thinks he's, uh, what is it? The ladies man, but just is, you can't, can't do anything. Doesn't have any significant others. Nope. They recap Big E winning the Intercontinental title. So New Day reacted with Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy. Woods uh, Woods is wearing a uh, Brody Lee arm, armband that he would we wear for the match. And then Matt Riddle just... <laughs> he reacted to something the New Day did with the words... Dope... Indeed. And then he suggested they could be the little bronies, positively hard bros, the booty bros, and then Jeff suggests rain bros. The rain bros. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, the best part of this was Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods in the ring for Jeff Hardy's entrance. They were great. Oh, they love that song. If you remember, they were hosting the WrestleMania when they. That's came right. Down. That is right. So the Hurt Business are out next. This is an eight-man tag. Lashley enters the Royal Rumble. And the eight-man saw them take turns with Matt Riddle. But then the babyfaces cleared the ring, uh, ending with Lashley sent to the floor. He's livid. 
We come back from break. Matt Riddle's being destroyed. He works his way to Kingston. He gets in. Woods would trip Cedric from the floor. Hardy hit this high cross to MVP on the floor. And then Xavier Woods, with his tribute, hit the discus Harper clothesline, as Tom Phillips identified it. And then Jeff Hardy hit a swanton. That's broken by Lashley. Everyone's in the ring. Lashley gets the tag. Hardy stops the spear, but once again gets caught in the hurt lock at 13 minutes and 42 seconds. And once again, Jeff Hardy gets defeated by Bobby Lashley. And I think that we're just going to have Jeff Hardy as the stepping stone for Matt Riddle to challenge Lashley. It seems that that is where they're going here. Benjamin and Alexander attack the New Day, but they're fought off. And then Riddle hit the final flash to Lashley, which they called a hit and run because our valiant baby faces got in their licks and then they ran for the hills. Seems like that's what they're setting up here. Um, I thought this was another another good match. A lot of good multi-man matches on the show this week. And uh, it was just another step in the way to Riddle versus Lashley. Yeah, I really like seeing the New Day uh, involved with the Hurt Business. Yeah, it was fresh, yeah. Yeah, it's got a new pairing in there. Morrison and Miz are seated on these steps. Morrison notes that even John Cena lost to Kevin Federline in comparison to Grand Metal League's win tonight, when Adam Pierce appears with the Money in the Bank briefcase and just hands it back. He says, yeah, John Morrison cashed this in, not Miz. So here you go. And then these two proceeded to celebrate like absolute idiots that just, I could see the 18 to 34 audience turning the show off as they watched these two fools. What a what an angle to get this briefcase back, way like a elaborate explanation. They tied up all the loose ends. Wow. Yeah, it's um, it's disappointing that I suppose that uh, they've kind it's of literally felt like what can we do to explain this back? Just hand it back to him. Let's just get to the next step. Just hand it to him. Well, I mean, they did have Morrison handed for a reason. You know, knowing that they're probably going to do this, I would assume it just, uh, I guess it's another thing to watch out for next time you have a money in the bank briefcase cash. And is it the manager has the manager not, I guess the manager can do it on behalf of a client, but a tag team partner can't do it on behalf of a partner. That's, that's the rule today. Sure. All right. All right. So more of this final segment, Alexa bliss is out and signals for Randy Orton to come out. So Randy comes out. It's hoodie Randy. And Alexa says, this isn't about him. It's about me. So Alexa has a present wrapped on the floor and brings it into the ring. Which seemed like I would just put in the ring to begin with. But that was the least of my concerns in this segment. She opens up the present. And it is a canister of gasoline with matches. And challenges Randy to do to me... What you did to him. She pours gasoline on the mat, including a straight line towards her, and then pours a circle around her of gasoline and tells Randy, You don't have the guts. You're nothing but a little bitch. Mm-hmm. Yep. So to really get Randy's attention, she pours the gasoline over top of her. Randy wants to do it, but I know that you want me to do it. So right now, 
I'm trying to process the whole thing, you see. I know that I enjoy watching people in pain, watching people suffer, and that's exactly what I want to do to you, but you want me to do it. You think that at TLC, I burned the fiend and he went to hell and that's what you want. You know what? Fine. I have never recapped dialogue in my goddamn life that was as messed up as this. Kudos to this man for getting this out. So everyone, the story is Alexa wants to go to hell to be reunited with Bray Wyatt. Randy wants to murder this woman, but doesn't want to give her the satisfaction of meeting this ghost in some form of afterlife that does have uh, an opening that does provide a pipeline back to Earth. Yes, I guess so. Yeah. So this Uh culminates with the lights going out. Then a light. The match is lit. The announcers are concerned. He, the show fades to black and presumably tune in next week to find out if Alexa bliss makes it to 2021. Yeah, it was a cliffhanger. Um, bliss hanger. mm, Yes. Not quite. (laughs) I guess maybe they just saw a lot of online buzz and what they would consider to be a success coming off of, um, TLC with them lighting Bray Wyatt on fire. Felt like this was an appropriate way to follow up for them to try to get people talking. And I think tonight it had the opposite reaction of what I liked about Sunday, last Sunday. Um, I don't know. Last Sunday was just a space where like, it felt right to light a man on fire and have it be like super fun. And you weren't in the mood tonight. Tonight, I didn't really want to see Alexa Bliss lit on fire. Nope, not tonight. And they didn't even really deliver on it. Um, I I mean, even that in itself is sort of upsetting. The fact that they would just kind of tease you with something and then just fade to black at the end of the show, you know, leaving it up to imagination. But the dialogue, the dialogue was pretty mm, drawn out and didn't come across all that well in a pro wrestling context, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> It it was not sort of the fun aspect of this story that I, I had enjoyed previously. Oh. Where does this end? Where does this go? What do we have to do for our next super spectacular fiend Randy blow off? Is this literally going to be it? Like someone's got to, I don't know, get shot out into outer space? or I think it's got to go back to the house somehow. Like, uh, what is it? Orton was pointing out the... um painting of the yep. the sister abigail house or the white family home so i imagine it had to go back there because it still does exist as we saw with the braun Strowman thing right so maybe another cinematic match okay well that was um quite the end to raw um i think this third hour is gonna be terrible this week i think so too and judging by the, the lack of feedback on our forum um i would assume A lot of people probably tuned out for the end. Like there was, you know, all weekend long, all they promoted was what, like just Randy and Alexa tune in for that. That was like no announcement. 
And if you did tune in for that, I think you would have been sorely disappointed. I think so, too. Um, Like, really, it wasn't until today that they made any announcements of anything on the show. I just, I don't know. I don't uh, don't have a good feeling on this one. Ratings as well for all the shows this week are going to be delayed and such. I think the SmackDown numbers should be out tomorrow, but um, uh, just because of the holidays, it's going to pass or it's going to push everything uh, back for the next couple of days. That was raw. Um, yeah, it was. Um, it was a barn burn. I, I thought I thought there was some good wrestling on the show, but um, I can't say I'm I'm that excited about too many of the stories. Certainly not the ending of the show. I thought it was a bit of a fumble there. I thought this and, was a giant come down from SmackDown on Friday. It just felt like a show that was hitting on all notes. Uh, this one, I, I just like. I think it comes down to that. I'm really stretching to get involved in any of these programs. Like we talk about, you know, Drew and Sheamus. It's okay. Cool. It's just the show that requires the most investment is the one I'm the least invested in now. The one, the show that requires the most investment is three hours of your attention every week. Well, that's usually the case. So it's just to me, if like you had that one big program that could at least carry the show, like I'm just, I'm not getting that out of any of these these programs at the moment. I mean, I think this this cycle coming up is is really going to be contingent on just the Rumble match itself, but the the two Rumble matches themselves being the draws. Um, and Drew's program, I, Drew's program. I guess you you'll probably do Sheamus or at least a triple threat or something like that. Uh, of course, Roman, whatever he's got going on. Um, but yeah, it's it's mainly going to be the Rumble matches. And next week is Legends Night, so in theory, you should do something notable on that show. But I, I'm not too optimistic that it's going to be some wild number that they do next week. Like I, t- I don't think it's going to be crazy. Like it'll be up from normal, you would hope. Um, but uh, like I'm not expecting some giant number that they're going to do next week. I like I, I feel no buzz for this this Legends Night. I don't either. Um. But it will yeah. mean it will mean something next week. I think so. It's it's going to be something. Um, but they they're putting some effort into it, and I think you know, like names like Hulk Hogan probably still mean at least a little something in 2020, 2021. They did also tease some interaction between the the Fiend and Hulk Hogan. I don't know if that was just Alexa Bliss, you know, kind of I, I don't know, bringing up names in her promo. But wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, yeah, it would. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Firefly Funhouse with Hulk Hogan? Wouldn't I'm that be great? For it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Imagine imagine a deep dissection of Hulk Hogan through mm-hmm. that whole process. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay, let's do the few pieces of feedback on tonight's show. Do you want to start things off? Well, first we go to the forum, and you're rating out of 10 this week. You guys voted Raw a 4.5. Starting with Andrew from Cape Breton, who says, Back in the day, the UWF would end with cliffhangers. As one man gang slowly climbed to Brett's rope, would he land his big big splash into some poor unsuspecting wrestler, the closing segment that wasn't? Alexa seemed to be doing an impression of John Way after a particularly long episode of Raw. I also hate how Miz has the briefcase back, mostly because while he did cash it in, whether or not it was Morrison who physically did it, 
He still participated in the match and seemed to give his consent to said cash-in, implying this is what he wanted. I guess when you have people getting set on fire, it makes it easier to justify logical gaps. I also feel I would look forward to Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee if it was on an indie show like PWG where you would see something crazy as they have the potential to have an incredible match. But based on how WWE do their wrestling, it's going to be that style. Highlights of the night were the Brody Lee shoutouts here and there. 3 out of 10. And Paul from New Jersey, in a universe of unnatural sounding promos, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus do sound quite natural with each other, so I applaud them for that. Being a Dana Brooke fan for some time, I think she's proven herself to be a solid worker in the ring. I thought this Orton-Wyatt feud might be at least a little better than the last one with Alexa, but it's not. I will say I popped big time when Alexa called Orton a little bitch. I was laughing so hard. All Alexa had to do was slip in an Austin Powers reference and I would have gave the show a 10. Four and a half out of ten is his rating. Rest in peace, Brody Lee. Young man with a young family. Devastating. Yes, very much so. Well, thank you for the feedback to tonight's, uh, man, must-see edition of Raw. But that's why we're here, to recap the show, if you don't have the time. I guess people don't really have the time (laughs) these days. Well, everybody, we're going to be back Tuesday night live for all members of the Post Wrestling Cafe, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We will be live with our best of show where we will be looking at all the great things that came out of 2020. We may have to search long and hard in the wrestling world, but we will uh, be presenting that show for all the patrons. And then Wednesday, it's Rewind to Dynamite. Friday, it's our Wrestle Kingdom 15 primer and then Rewind to SmackDown this weekend. Did I nail it? Yeah, you did, John. Thank you very much for all that uh, as well. Join us, everybody, on the forums, forum.postwrestling.com, where the conversation continues, as well as the new Discord. Go to postwrestling.com slash Discord. This is our chat room where you can, you know, uh, the forum is a bit more for a kind of long, longer specific conversation, but the Discord is where you could just chat casually about anything. Wrestling, boxing, MMA, sports, gaming, TV, movies, music, comics, food. Uh, every all of this stuff with uh, fellow patrons of Post Wrestling. So again, postwrestling.com slash Discord and come say hi. Come say hi because we've got to say bye. Good night, everybody.